Excuse me, Veronica. <clears throat> yes, what is it, Brick? I would like to extend to you an invitation to the pants party. Excuse me? The party, the pants with the pants. Party with pants. A hot dog is a hot dog. A hot dog is a sandwich. Joey Chestnut, hot dog eating champion, says it's not a sandwich. I disagree with Joey Chestnut, hot dog eating champion, because, I mean, I guess it depends where you are, but, like, in Chicago, it's a sandwich. Like, you get all sorts of stuff, and, you know, you're like, it's it's basically a sandwich. (sighs) All right, so I came across this randomly on the internet yesterday. Let me see if I can still find it somewhere. We're recording, just so you know. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> that's fine actually, because that works for God. Where is it? I just kind of hit record while we were talking about hot dogs. Okay. So I found something called the sandwich alignment chart, and <clears throat> the six categories are structure purist, structure neutral, structure rebel, and then ingredient purist, ingredient neutral, ingredient rebel. Yeah, and I've so, seen this. Yeah, and so truly neutral is hot dog right in the middle. Um. The most radical part part of the spectrum is called radical sandwich anarchy, and that's called a pop tart. Um, and then, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ingredient rebel is ice cream between two waffles as a sandwich, which uh, I kind sure. of yeah, I kinda, yeah. Why not? It's kind of like an, an ice cream, cream sandwich. sandwich. Yeah. Uh, um, then you know. A structural rebel ingredient neutral is a burrito as a sandwich, which no burrito, which is no, why burrito, I wouldn't say it's a sandwich. I guess it's like a wrap. <clears throat> now that's next to it is a chicken wrap as a sandwich. I chick I I'm willing to go out on a limb and say burritos and wraps are the same thing. Sure, it's yeah, just okay. a matter of the contents. Exactly. The so vessel. Like if if we're calling an ice cream taco a sandwich in this thing. Does that mean a taco is a sandwich? I, I'm uh, not about that. Uh, it's funny because right Ooh. below it is structural neutral ingredient rebel is an ice cream taco is a sandwich. So mm. I don't know. <clears throat> so here's my thing with the hot dog though. Is like if I told you right now. if I told you that we had a hot if, if that I had a piece of bread and it's folded in half and on, in between it there is meat condiments and vegetables, would you say that that's a sandwich? Would you assume I was eating a sandwich? Hot dogs on very rare occasion have vegetables. Well, I'm, I'm from exactly. Chicago. We're, yeah, and I live there, so I'm aware of the... Um, a pickle isn't a vegetable. I mean, it's well, a pickle, well, vegetable, but that aside, there's also it's not a vegetable. Aside, Tomatoes are fruit, so there's fruit inside of it too. That aside, there's pickles, peppers, and what's the other one? Tomato. Tomatoes are on it. So, <clears throat> and um, uh, yeah, yeah. But if I told you that I was eating something with all of those things and just didn't tell you that there was a hot dog in the middle, you'd assume that I was eating a sandwich, right? Mm, yeah. But you're not. But I am. Because but you're not. You're eating a hot dog. The, uh, the point of contention between my group of friends, we've had this conversation many times, is that the, for it to be a sandwich, the buns can't be joined together. 
it. I like that. But, but Potbelly doesn't cut their buns, and neither does Jimmy John's. Sure. Yeah. Those are grinders. Oh, so help me God. <laughs> I, I don't say that word because um, I'm from the Midwest. What, God? Uh, no, <laughs> well, I don't. I, I say that word very often. Um, <laughs> grinder. I don't say grinder. I don't say a hoagie. No, no, I agree. Those aren't those aren't words we say here. Yeah, it's just a sandwich. It's a sandwich, and it's a sandwich. It's a sub. I'll say a sub. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's. I think that's more of a, re- a local mm-hmm. thing to hear, though. Mm-hmm. So we had uh, five Hawkeyes scoring double digits last night. Yeah, so also a basketball game happened. Whose phone uh, is blowing up? Sorry, that's me. It's my computer. Your computer. Yeah, I also, Can you still hear me? Yeah. Your computer sucks. <coughs> no, I get that yeah, too. Yeah, and my text messages go to it as well. Yeah, mine do too. Uh, mm-hmm. The worst. But anyway, yeah, so Iowa played Wisconsin. We're recording this a day after, so they played yesterday. Mm-hmm. And Iowa won by 18. It was... An all-around great performance by the Hawkeyes, and Wisconsin is very, very bad, it turns out. So, this is good. I didn't watch a minute of the game, which is good, because I think both of you watched the entire game. Am I correct? Yeah, we were. Yeah, I believe you two were on block duty for this blog. Um, So, tell me, was Iowa looking good, or is just Wisconsin that bad? Harrison, take the wheel. (laughs) Uh, To me, they are... It's, it was a little bit of both. Iowa sure. definitely came out with the requisite energy that you want to see them come with. Um, I, I would say that, that it kind of started with Luca Garza, but <laughs> on offense, um, I was just thrilled with how Isaiah Moss played the game. He was only two of eight um, from two, but he was constantly attacking um, his matchup. This is one of the few games, I think, that uh, Iowa had the athletic advantage. Um, it, it bears mentioning that Wisconsin had a couple of their better athletes out as well. Um, one with like a broken foot. Um, it was Dimitrik Trice, I think's his name. He was the point yeah. guard. Um, and then uh, the other one was Kobe King, um, who was uh, their starting shooting guard. So they were playing Pritzel and Davison. Um probably about 15 more minutes than they'd like to normally play them um, as a result. And then it just kind of – it. Wisconsin was bad. N- none of them yeah. can shoot, um, which made it easy to defend Ethan Happ. Um, he missed his first four shots. Uh, he was able to go eight of ten the rest of the way. But by that time, the damage had been done. Um, it, it was just – it was a really weird game. Um, but – Credit to Iowa. Uh, they came out. They did what they needed to. And they they attacked the middle, um, which I, I hope is something that, that they try and lean on in the future. I saw Iowa played only nine guys. Discuss. Yeah, well, they played nine guys, and uh, Nunji only played two minutes. So, I mean, oh, you're right. really, he, Iowa played Iowa played basically just eight guys. But, you know, a lot of that had to do with Ellenson and Kreener. Uh, being out with concussions, oh, kind of wonder what's going on in practice. Yeah, they're both oh, out I with Kramer's concussions. Out. I had no idea Ellingson was out. Yeah, I kind of wonder what goes on in practice. Like, what are they <laughs> doing? Was <laughs> it both they... together? You think just hitting their heads against each other? 
Oh man, they might have been Fran. Fran might have told them to go to the corner and just do it. So (laughs) that's actually kind of a funny question because one, I think Creener's concussion happened when he ran into the ref. Yeah, Yeah, I think it did too. Um, The game, and then that yeah, that was two games ago. And Ellingson, I was listening to the One Shining podcast and. Apparently, there are like practices where they'll be like, okay, nothing's out of bounds, no fouls. So that might Iowa be does this? some type of thing where, where like you, a ball caroms off of the rim, and instead of going out of bounds and like it being the other team's ball in a scrimmage, you, everyone foul. chases it. So it's like no out of like bounds. Like so baseball who, rules, and there's no foul lines. Exactly, exactly. It's just chaotic. Uh, Maybe that's what (laughs) Fran was doing, but because that's really kind of the only explanation because you don't really see practice injuries that much, but it seems like there have been a couple with Iowa this year. Ellingson's most notably, I'd say. Is that confirmed? Ellingson was a concussion? Yeah, that was uh, tweeted out before the game by the Iowa Twitter. I guess that the other, you know, a logical assumption that I would have made was that he just got hit in the head with the basketball. Like that's actually that what I thought of first. Is, oh, I guess I don't know. I don't want to spare it. Or, or like an elbow. I mean, there yeah. there, are, there are a lot of different ways, but I like going to uh, the zebra version of right. the hoof steps and not the horse. <laughs> sure, um, of course. I saw Macy Daly played only twelve minutes, so we only played two guards the entire game, and. He didn't play great. Um, how did he look out there? Well, his box score doesn't look that good, uh, I guess. I mean, everybody I, everybody seemed to play more of an aggressive game than they usually do, which was basically the reason why Iowa was able to disrupt Wisconsin so much, especially so, like, in, you know, by the paint. Uh, you know, everybody played much more aggressively. Their defensive intensity was up there, you know, higher than I've seen it all season long. So, I mean, like, Bear didn't have a very good game statistically either. I think Bear was, like, one for uh, – two for eight, one for six from three. Uh, but mm-hmm. – and his stat line doesn't even look that good. But I feel like that was one of his, you know, more intense games so far this season where, you know, he did Nick Bear things. Uh, I think a lot of people, you know, kind of didn't sh- show up in the stat sheet but had solid games. I think Wagner had a pretty good game too. Yeah. Uh, despite, you know – 14 minutes. Being only – one for one uh, from the field, you know, and a few, like one rebound. I feel like he was much more active than that from what I remember watching. Yeah, I think. Hello. I'm not sure Iowa needs stats from Bear and Wagner. You you want them no. from Bear, of course, because he's starting and he can shoot, and you want him to kind of play with that aggression offensively, but you don't necessarily need him from Wagner, which is I, which is why I think. Um, kind of going forward, I, I think Iowa needs to lean on him a little more. Um, he came off the bench before Nunji did, um, and then right after Nunji had a fine couple of minutes while he was in there, he pump faked Hap, drove to the rim, uh, <coughs> and then had a foul on the other side. So, um, but back to Wagner, I think he's someone that Iowa should lean on. Um, he's going to do the dirty work. He's kind of a natural leader. It gives him uh, maybe more credibility um, when he's getting more minutes to kind of be the guy that uh, the other teammates turn to. 
Um, and I also think I, I'm been watching the the Nebraska game, uh, the first half of it against Rutgers, and uh, a little off and on right now. Um, and this James Palmer, I believe, is his name. Uh, he's going to be someone to watch. He's a wing uh, that transferred from Miami, uh, plays and starts, and is pretty much on the floor for 40 minutes a game for Nebraska. And I was going to need to be able to match up with him. Uh, he's really aggressive from what I can tell, um, dribbling the ball towards the basket and uh, kind of has a three-point shot um, and, and really can Which means of, that he'll very much still have one against Iowa. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think, um, you know, you put Wagner and Bear on him for uh, 30 minutes or for all 40 minutes and see – See if you can contain contain him a little bit on the defensive side. Yeah, I mean those uh, not so much Bear because Bear didn't guard him for the most part, obviously. But Wagner did a really solid job, I thought, against uh, Ethan Happ in this one. Ethan Happ's score sheet, you know, it's jam packed. It's got like twenty one points, like ten boards, something like that. But that was that's mostly because he did everything for Wisconsin in this game. He took it upon himself to literally shoot, have, like handle the ball in every possession. You know, the offense moved through him, and particularly in the second half, and he basically didn't let anybody else do a whole lot. So that's why I feel like his stat sheet was so, you know, kind of juiced. But I think that, you know, Wagner did a really good job. So did Garza. Gar- they were really, you know, on him in this one. And they kept him in front of him, which is what they needed to do. And I think that you know, moving forward, that's kind of, you know, you could expect those two in particular, but particularly Wagner, since he's more of that bench piece to kind of, you know, take that role, uh, you know, as the, he's not a big man, but he plays like a big man, you know, the big man stopper. Yeah. I mean, if we can talk a little bit about the state of Wisconsin basketball, I thought it was a fascinating game to watch them. Yeah. Um, you could, <clears throat> Wisconsin's not what they used to be. They aren't. Um, I'll I'll go back to the injuries um, playing some part in it. They're putting guys out there longer than they'd like to. But it is wild to watch Ethan Hat play. Um, they were do- running that play that the Cavaliers run for LeBron, where they'll pass him the ball in the backcourt because he asked for it, and then th- that's where the post up starts. Like he would get the ball up and then he'd get it to the wing and then he'd post it up and it would work, but you're not getting anyone else really involved. He had five assists, but that's just not really a, a good way to run an offense. So they have a lot to figure out, um, which seems weird <laughs> coming from a team that has, or coming from a fan of a team that still has quite that's a bit to figure out. I think Wisconsin has even more to figure out than Iowa. Yeah, I mean Iowa. No, I mean Iowa needs to figure out the rotation. That's really their big thing that they need to figure out. But uh, because I think once the rotation comes, everybody's going to kind of settle into a role, and you know they'll be more comfortable and better. I think better players. Uh, but yeah, Wisconsin. They that was ugly. I mean, in the first half, they had Kalia Laverson go off for like six of eight shooting and like. 13, 15 points, and then he completely disappeared in the second uh, half, and then Ethan Happ kind of took over. And, yeah, nobody else did anything. If you take out those two who shot a combined 15 for 30, everybody else shot 11 for 35. Yeesh. Well, and that even takes out 
that leaves Charles Thomas in there who hasn't yeah. really played much at all this year. And he goes out and he goes five of five. Um, yeah. And, you know, credit to him. He, he played well, but it's like they really weren't getting him involved. Yeah. And the, the five or six games leading up to that, he had one minute, five minutes, one minute, did not play four minutes, 10 minutes. Like he's, they're just not really getting a lot of consistent minutes and consistent production from anyone. Yeah. And Iowa ran into him at the right time. I mean, they, that game should have been a lot closer. I feel at the beginning, Iowa was, you know, they were intense defensively. I've said that a few times at this point, but especially to start out, but Wisconsin missed some layups. They were missing some really easy shots by the basket and the ball just, there was just a lid on that hoop. That ball would not go in. Uh, and Iowa got lucky, you know, on that basis. But they also played a really good game. You don't play, you know, bad games and win by 20. No, no, you don't. Um, <laughs> so I think uh, as as we kind of turn the page from Wisconsin, enjoy the win, no doubt. Um, what are your thoughts as Iowa goes up against Nebraska and uh, kind of this stretch where they'll play uh, – really volatile Minnesota team, excuse me, puberty, uh, and then also a uh, Penn State <laughs> team that's not doing quite as well as they were before, before uh, Michigan State comes in about a, a week and a half. I tweeted this, I think from my personal account, maybe it was from the uh, Blackheart Gold Pants account, but this is the most winnable stretch. I think I actually wrote this in my uh, How to Watch. This is Iowa's most winnable stretch this season. Uh, you know, as think as things stand, Wisconsin was a bad team. They already got that one. Uh, and then the next three, w- Nebraska is an interesting one because I feel like Nebraska has some talent. You know, they've got a lot of athleticism, but I feel like, you know, they're really inconsistent. And if, you know, Iowa can get them on an off night, that Iowa have a chance. I think, the, what are they, five and four in conference, Nebraska is five, six and five? They are uh, as a, the, at this point. They're, yeah, five and four, um, but currently up on Rutgers by seven points with 12 Ooh. minutes left. Yeah, they've they've uh, they've played some good teams, too, and they've played some of those good teams really close. I think they had a really good game against Michigan. Yeah, they smoked uh, Michigan, actually. Yeah, uh, I couldn't remember if that was Michigan or Michigan State. But, yeah, they played Michigan really well. They destroyed them. Um, and... You know, then Minnesota, they just got back. Reggie Lynch. No, coffee. Reggie Lynch is not playing basketball. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. He is not playing basketball anymore. Uh, Yeah, they just got back coffee, and, you know, that's probably going to help him out once, you know, he gets going a little bit, (laughs) shakes off the rust. But outside of him, I think that Minnesota is a really beatable team. Penn State, they were a beatable team when Iowa played them the first time, and Iowa just kind of fell off at the end of that game. Uh, because they couldn't, you know, defend worth a lick. This is their best chance, you know, to win a string together a few wins. If they could come out of this, you know, four game stretch winning three out of four, I'd be happy. Um, you know, if they won two out of four, I'd probably be not thrilled, but you know, it it mm. would be an improvement. We'd be getting somewhere. Yeah, I, I think kind of where where I'm at is. If they can get to to six wins, considering kind of the the depth from which they they had between that combination of the the two big losses to Rutgers and Purdue, 
I'm just realizing now that they scored 64 points in both games, which is a, li- a little <laughs> reminiscent of the back-to-back games against, what was it, Michigan State and Northwestern, where they only scored 10 um, yeah. for football. Uh, if they can kind of bounce back from that <laughs> and, you know, st- string together a couple wins here, maybe maybe they just beat Minnesota as well and then kind of build some momentum. It, it's tough because the, the, it really turns to a difficult schedule with Michigan State and then at Ohio State and Michigan. Um, so that all three of those are going to be tough games to win. Um, but if they can, you know, just kind of get it going and have something where they can kind of turn back to and be like, okay, here's what happens when we play well, uh, consistently, they have it with Wisconsin. Now let's see if they can string together another game and then another game. So, um, we'll see, uh, they're still young, um, which is something that I've kind of gone away from, but they're young. Um, and Franz, if he's able to really kind of go with this set core, I really like it. Um, we'll see because it hasn't been his uh, his modus operandi, as they say. So uh, we'll see. Um, so I'm looking at Bucky's fifth quarter right now, <clears throat> and there's fire gray guard sure. all over the place. Well, maybe not all over the place, but. <laughs> I think I saw it once yesterday. Um, there's a couple of them that I'm seeing right now. I mean, if Wisconsin's to fire Greg Guard, how would they feel about Fran? I don't. I mean, I feel like they just wouldn't like Fran because he's such an angry guy. But then at the same time, they also had Bo Ryan for a hundred years. Greg Guard gone to two Sweet Sixteens. Yeah, I mean, I think that they're a little bit spoiled, but. Uh, to me, there's Wisconsin kind of looks like how Iowa State does in the sense that I guess it's both their third years. Um, they both were cooking with other coaches' ingredients. And now that, you know, they've had the chance. I, to me, uh, I don't know how you can kind of fire a coach when they're going through key injuries um, just because like Brad Davison is a true freshman and w- really wasn't expected probably to put more than 10 to 15 minutes and he's got to be out there for 30. Um, so I-, I don't know how they could fire him unless just everything goes off the rails. Like I, I saw one of the comments, it's complete. I'd, I It seems like it would be just complete speculation, but Ethan Hat being a grad transfer, that would seem absurd, but that would be an indicator of something really, really bad right. happening. And only under those types of circumstances could I see Greg Gard getting fired as if it's indicative of and like uh, just <laughs> a lot of things happening that isn't just on the court. Yeah, I think that's probably the case with Fran too right now. And I mean, if you want to kind of bring it back to Iowa, I don't think any, uh, Fran's not going anywhere. You know, if you're listening to this and that makes you upset, so be it. Um, Fran's not going to go anywhere after this season unless things, you know, happen to fall off the rails like that. Like, you know, Tyler Cook were to, you know, leave for the NBA and, uh, you know, whoever and whoever transfer, you know, I think that that would probably spell doom for him, but it's not likely to happen. It's, you know, 
there's a bunch of sophomores, freshmen on this team. Nobody's going to want to sit out for the, you know, year. It's, that's, you know, I think that's the case of, you know, these two programs. And I think that they're similar in a lot of ways, despite the fact that Fran, you know, has only, or has been here for eight years now. And this is only Steve, or not Steve, Greg Gard's third. Yeah, it like, it would be pretty crazy. I mean, it, it was a little bit of a fluke Sweet 16 last year. Yeah, it was. Um, but, you know, they still got there. Uh, and Greg Gard deserves good there, buddy? that. Yeah. that yeah, I am. I am. Uh, there's something going around this house, but I think I'm doing all right. Um, uh, so I think, you know, you, you can't forget what a coach has done for the program. Um, but you also have to weigh that against kind of the, the overall expectations. What's it like to win at Wisconsin? What's it like to win at Iowa and just judge the past against the trajectory and, you know, uh, the overall arching expectations. I do think that um, Stoops has kind of brought this up in the comments about, oh, uh, the Big Ten is very hierarchical. And, and I think that's, that's a fair thing to remember when evaluating Iowa sports is, you know, that there is a hierarchy that they're working within. How are they doing within that hierarchy? And to Fran's credit, you know, he's been able to string together some pretty solid conference regular seasons the last uh, four to five years, um, which I don't think we should forget about because uh, that level of consistency isn't something you see from, teams that aren't blue bloods. Um, it's about transition, translating that consistency into the top ceiling, um, which, you know, uh, at this point is just getting demolished by a two seed in the tournament. That's, that's their, their ceiling right now. Um, and let, if that remains their ceiling, is that something that you're willing to live with as an Iowa Hawkeye fan and an administrator, what have you. So uh, we'll see. Um, uh, this season definitely isn't turning out like I thought it would, but I, I think the game against Wisconsin provided kind of a twofold thing. Hey, these kids can still play. Um, these kids still care. Um, Fran hasn't lost them. And two, they could have a little worse because even though Wisconsin's got it, a uh, better conference record right now. They look much more lost than Iowa did, uh, at, at least by that single data point. All right. Speaking, uh, I was going to say really quickly, speaking of uh, Ben, you reading the comments over at uh, Bucky's fifth quarter, did you see the one where somebody said that Ethan Happ couldn't guard an unknown schmuck named Garza? No, I haven't. That was... <laughs> I saw that one last night really quick before I, uh, uh, when I looked to read their game recap real quick. Hap did well and on the offensive end, was- but his defense tonight was pathetic, as was the entire team except CT. He was schooled by an unknown freshman named Garza. All right. Well, I just thought that was funny because Garza's probably ranked, or coming out of high school, he's probably ranked higher than most of the guys on that roster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that commenter is just salty that Garza has a three-point shot. Let's be honest. Hey, was Garza Ethan, still Ethan Happ, the most versatile player? Was in Garza the working on his outside game last night? No, he didn't shoot anything from outside. He I don't think. Four. I don't recall. I thought he. I thought he made one three right. <laughs> he went one for drill. one for three. 
Yeah. His Adam outside game one. was so gross against Purdue. Against <laughs> Purdue, oh the two airballs. Credit yeah. to him, but like I think didn't Adam Woodbury attempt one three his entire career? I and that was like a shot clock situation. Yeah. Oh my, my goodness. Through. That's funny. But yeah, I just thought I just enjoyed that comment because I was like, man, that's that's salt. That is some salt right there. I love some good salt. Mm. So, uh, I guess wh- wh- where does that leave us? Should we go through Matt's content or Matt's Max's continued bad takes on uh, well, the Twitters? Chinese food. Why don't you like it? I just Can we talk about Chinese wrestling for a bad. second, or? Oh yeah, no. Let's let's. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about Chinese <laughs> food. We'll go off the rails. Yeah, then let's talk about wrestling. All right, I have nothing to add other than Spencer Lee is your Big Ten Wrestler of the Week. Uh, NCAA we... Wrestler of the Week too. Well, no way, really? Uh, yeah, that one I guess just came out. Uh, Jonah sent us that a little bit ago. Spencer Lee is your NCAA oh. Wrestler of the Week. Wow, best wrestler in the country, guys. Hey, he um, jumped a few spots. I think that he's like ranked two or three now in the country per per, uh, per intermat. So he he beat na- number one in the country at 125, Nathan Tomasello. Do any of you know what his record is, Nate Tomasello's is, off uh, the top of your head? Undefeated. Nice. Yeah. Uh, was, wait, is that true? Yeah, no, he's lost once this season. And it, it was, was to Spencer Lee. To Spencer Lee. That's incredible. That's true freshman. Yeah. But Nathan Tomasello also could never beat anybody on Iowa. I don't think he's ever beaten Iowa in his career. Uh, but that was also because Gilman was a machine. And I think he played Corey, or not played, wrestled Corey. Uh, oh, Corey no, Corey. I meant like career. I meant his career record. Oh, his career record? I have no idea. But he's never beaten Iowa as far as I'm aware. Okay, I didn't know that. Um, they, yeah, Spencer Lee got 82% of the vote. Whoever votes on this. Uh, for NCAA Let's, Player of the Week? Uh, yeah, NCAA Wrestler of the Week. I keep saying player. I don't know why. Yeah, that's strange. Yeah. Um, we, play, we compete against Michigan. Oh, yeah. Thomas Sells 9 and 0 going into the match. Or 8 and 0. 8 and whatever. 9 and 0 going into the match. Yeah. Yeah, um, he was 33 and 4 his redshirt freshman year. One. Two NCAA championship or no, just one NCAA championship. Excuse me. Three straight Big Ten champions. Um, only got Where are you finding this? Is six, this on- six overall, six losses overall. Uh, just their Ohio State Buckeyes. Not okay. nothing. I was just kind of adding, but yeah, I mean he's he's really good. And and to your point, <laughs> I was a little bit of his kryptonite. I I'll say when I saw the score, it was much. Uh, lower than I anticipated. Um, for, from my understanding, Spencer Lee was able to just ride him out that whole second period. Yeah. Um, and uh, do you want to talk a little bit about kind of how the match went? Yeah, I, w- I watched it. Um, so yeah, that, that is true, though. He rode out uh, Tomasello the entire second period. It was a fantastic ride. Uh, Tomasello looked like he was primed to get out of it a couple times. And Lee just took him straight back down to the mat. Uh, it was a thing of beauty that ride was. And then it looks like Thomas Ella was going to get him late in the third. 
uh, for most of the third, actually, it looked like he was about to get him. Uh, but Tomasello just kind of, you know, he kept him out of it. He, you know, fought, you know, really hard. It was something that if you if you can find the clip on the internet, and I think that the clip is, uh, I think big. It's in out. the it's in the recap. Is it in the recap? Yeah, I recommend yeah. going to go watch it if you haven't seen it. Uh, Danny's recap, yeah, yeah, um, because it was a thing of beauty. Just the way that he, you know, kept Tomasello from getting that late takedown uh, in that match. Yeah. Yeah. So we compete against number seven. I was what, number four now? Uh, yeah, I believe four. No, they've been three, I think. Three or four. I don't know. Really? Okay. Well, we got number seven, Michigan. Uh, I don't know where the match is uh, on Saturday. And I don't know anything about anything, but I'll be watching that for this blog that we're blogging for. <clears throat> Looking forward to that. Yeah, Michigan's, Michigan's not great. Um, They're number seven. Yeah. Did you not hear what I just said? I heard what you said. So, but I mean. There's a huge drop, particularly in wrestling. I uh, suppose. Like the drop between, you know, where Ohio State and Penn State are and number three, it's steep. I guess you're right. I mean, we yeah. We, I get, we wrestled Ohio State relatively close, did we not? Yeah, I mean, they were one, you know, one or two matches away from mm-hmm. turning it around. Some bonus points. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, we wrestle at Penn State in February. Too bad that's not at home. That would have been a good one. Um, Michigan's at home. And it's on BTN. Yeah, a lot um, of BTN for Iowa these past few yeah, years. Yeah, there has been a lot of Iowa wrestling coverage. I guess we played, oh, we've wrestled Oklahoma State and Ohio State. So some blue bloods, but yeah. <clears throat> All right. Um, I don't know tenth, what else to talk tenth about. Assistant? assistant? Oh, yeah. The 10th assistant. Oh. Uh, so they brought in the guy from Samford. Couldn't get a new picture of him. So they photoshopped <laughs> his tie to be yellow instead of red. Um, yep. Overall thoughts on it? Uh, it's an ugly tie. Is that, <laughs> not, not, is that, is that not what we I wanted from this I conversation? Do not, I do not understand why. What's the problem with just putting him his picture in with the red tie? I do not understand the problem with that whatsoever. I think the fact that there were multiple people who had the conversation to let's Photoshop his tie, even though it is so clearly the exact same picture of his Sanford bio where he's wearing a red tie – I just I it bottles the mind. Like I don't I don't get why you need the doctor a perfectly fine and normal picture. Please don't tell me it was an Iowa State thing. That's what I'm afraid of. It's like oh we can't show we can't show him have a red tie because people will think he came from Iowa State. That thought, like that. Cro- that thought didn't even cross my mind until you brought it up. But yeah, now I didn't think about that either. But now that I know that you're thinking about it, of course, other people are going to be thinking about that. Uh, That's such. A- I don't know. It's not even Iowa State red. It's Alabama crimson red. Exactly. Exactly. It just reminds me of like Matt Campbell. He's just so thirsty to be a Hawkeye. Just he wears (laughs) black all the time. (laughs) Tell us how you really feel. That they've brought in. Like he just, he's building his program just like how uh, Kirk Ferentz did. I mean, he's just, he's just trying to be Iowa, Iowa West. Yeah. 
great. Now I have to look up Iowa State's football schedule next year. But uh, yeah, no, I, f- I think it was a perfectly acceptable tie. Um, and then they decided they, they were it. going to Photoshop it. And now it's like gold and brown. And I think that's a terrible looking tie. I think it's supposed to be black, but, you know, with the flash, quote unquote, the black looks a little bit brown at the top. And it's and I don't like it. Don't like it one bit. Well, so, I guess it's a good thing. Uh, but it's interesting because they're bringing on a run game coordinator who I think Jonah said their run game averaged two yard, 2.7 yards per carry last year. So he'll fit right in. I like, I wonder where, <laughs> I wonder where and how Iowa finds this guy. Yeah, I mean, I, so much of this is just relationship, right? I mean, I, I guess uh, I think the connection is Seth Wallace and uh, this guy can, what's his name? Derek. Derek, Derek, uh, Derek, uh, Derek, uh, Foster, Derek Foster. So they worked together for one year at Valdosta state down in Georgia. So it's probably so many years ago was that a hundred, only like five or six. Um, so my guess is Kirk goes to his Rolodex, which is the nine people on staff and says, who's someone that we know down in Georgia is really kind of what it comes down to or has recruiting ties in Georgia. And then Seth Wallace, because that's where Valdosta State is, I'm pretty sure. He's like, oh, I do. So he brings on this guy. Um, and and I, I think it's, it'll be a fine hire. It makes sense. Yeah, and honestly, looking I think, at – Let me interject here. I honestly think you're giving Kirk too much credit about like the recruit, who we need to improve recruiting in Georgia thing. Like – I don't know if that even goes into his decision making here. Um, that certainly doesn't seem like he's ever really <clears throat> hired somebody simply to. Well, I guess that's not well, true. I'd say about Copeland. That's like yeah, that's, that's Copeland is the very first person who came to mind with that. Um, so okay, maybe I don't know. Oh, well, I also was reading that. I think that you even wrote it. He was in charge of recruiting like seven or eight states. California, Texas, Kansas, New York, yeah. Arizona, Illinois. Mm-hmm. That was when he was at Tennessee. So, I yeah. mean, slightly different um, there. But, yeah, I mean, he's does got it, experience, you know, recruiting all these places. Does it not worry you guys that he was at Tennessee and then that was in 2012 and he never got a big job again until six years later? I think that's a little strange to me. I mean, it's just, I, I guess. Yeah. He had, and he had a big time job at Tennessee. wasn't he, I mean, he was on the staff. He wasn't a GA. He was, you know, he was a salaried position. Um, they uh, had some pretty good runners in 2012. Uh, Nobody that you know is relevant anyway. They had uh, Cordero Patterson. Oh, did they really? Yeah, yeah. yes. But Cordero was more of a slot guy, wasn't he? Yeah, he's just. Um, I just looked him up. I don't know. I just think that's a little concerning to me, especially like. Um, so, who was the head coach of Tennessee then? Was it Lane? Uh, in 2012, it Dooley. was uh, Derek Dooley. Okay, well, He's maybe had so many flipping coaches. Yeah, I, and that's, one thing I, that's one thing I'll give Iowa credit for. They make it easy on their fans to remember who are the coaches of what <laughs> yeah. teams when. Um, so yeah. I guess okay. I mean, I'm a little less concerned now that because Derek Dooley is where, where the hell is he now? Um, 
you could look at that staff and probably not know any of them, I guess, by name. Uh, so, I, okay, but still, I, I think it is a lie about raising why this guy <clears throat> who was at a huge program and, I mean, he was co-offensive coordinator. I, I, I mean, that sounds like a fake position, but that's what he was listed as. Um, and couldn't find a big-time job, even a division – even like a power five or a FBA, not gosh, dang it, a group of five job six years after the fact. I don't know. It was a little strange to me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that could also have to do with, you know, personal preference and where he decided he wanted to go. You know, we don't know the entire story back yeah. then or about that. But yeah, I mean, it's a little bit curious to see somebody make a move from a school like Tennessee, which has a lot of history and has been very, you know, it's a, it's not a secret how maligned they've been in the past you know handful of years, but you yeah, know, to take a step to uh, what is it Northwestern State University, yeah, and then Sam no, Northwestern State that beats three seed Iowa. Don't do this. Well, we had to. Um, Derek Dooley is but, also the quarterbacks coach at Missouri. In case anybody was wondering, huh. I wasn't, but interesting. Yeah. They've got uh, they got what's his name? Locke? No, Sock. Jackson. I don't know what his court with them. All right, we're going off the rails here. Oh well, but, Australian uh, Open. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I got the reference. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I, th- I think ultimately, I think it's fine. Like, you want these guys to want to be with each other i'm not necessarily concerned about where they were i mean kirk ferentz's only head coaching experience before iowa was at maine so i it it just kind of ebbs and flows you don't know what was necessarily going on in his life maybe you know he's from there or had family there so eh, it'll be fine I, i think he's He's in a good position, whether he's the the tight end coach like like some people are thinking or the running back coach like we all think he probably will go to if I put words in everyone's mouths. But I think he's in a good position to, you know, make an impact and at least be working with kids that have a good amount of potential and can really impact uh, Iowa and their 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 positions that Kirk Ferentz you know wants to focus on. So I think if he's good with this guy, I think it speaks a lot to him. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. It's you know Iowa always gets the guy that they want, and this is clearly the guy they wanted. They could have gone any different number of directions, you know, to try to fill this position, and they picked this guy. Uh, and, you know, so, hey, I don't have a problem with it. If, you know, it comes out later on and it w- likely won't because they don't usually let this kind of stuff slip. But if it goes that comes out later that they got rejected by the first 10 choices, all right, then, yeah, maybe maybe that's an issue. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm assuming that's not the case here. All right. Yeah, I agree. That's a good point. Iowa could have gotten <clears throat> probably their, close to their pick of the litter. And... uh yeah. When I also think like kind of the thing is Kirk's hiring 
hasn't really been to get a bunch of up and comers. I mean, I think Brian Ferentz and Seth Wallace and maybe LeVar Woods are all kind of up and comers, but I think, you know, he wants guys that are looking to be in Iowa city for a good amount of time. And, you know, it, who, who wouldn't want to be in Iowa city making 200 grand, uh, you know, doing, you would assume that the yeah. thing you love, um, and working in a, an environment where it's as stable as they come in an industry as, you know, unstable as college athletics. Yeah. All right. Well, anything else? I don't got anything else. Um, I want to see the score of the basketball game, and then let's tie it off. Oh, okay. it is 54 to 52. Nebraska's winning. So I think kind of takeaways as Iowa goes into Nebraska, it'll be a rock fight. Uh, 47 mm. seconds. Um, it'll be the rock fight that I thought Wisconsin was going to be. And then, you know, they're going to have to, they're going to have to saddle up and, you know, pl- play some tough basketball. And I think they can attack the offensive glass. Like I think there's, they have a soft in- underbelly um, and, you know, I think Luka Garza is and Tyler Cook are the perfect combination that can really attack it. Yeah, Garza with his what sixteen boards, fifteen boards against Wisconsin. That was an impressive showing. He destroyed Hap on the glass in that game. Yeah, the stats from that game. I mean, they they were certainly really good. I would like to know the stats from like the at the thirty minute mark, just kind of to understand how good they were because they were getting just about anything they wanted rebounding wise offensively and they were shutting them down defensively um, for the most part. So I, I think, you know, kind of the advanced stats earlier in the game would have been even more towards Iowa advantage um, just because some of that stuff kind of tapers off when games are distant. Yeah, no, I would agree with that, especially. I feel like a lot of Hap's points came garbage time. A lot of his stats did. Garza had a hell of a ton of boards during garbage time. Uh, I don't really remember where Bohannon was at stats-wise, but he ended up with a double-double as well. I was really surprised to see that. I didn't really notice um, him piling him up in that game. Yeah. Until yeah, after i seen that. I enjoyed his game because even he, you know, he, he had the athletic advantage and – he wasn't settling for jumpers. He took six free throws, like or six three pointers, like you want him to. But he wasn't settling for those shots. He was four of six from uh, two point range. A lot of them in the lane. I think it was it was as impressive a game offensively as I've seen from Iowa in one where they weren't absolutely lighting up the nets from deep. Yeah, no. For sure. It was good to see them, you know, not kind of get down on themselves, even though the three ball wasn't going in because I think the Bohannon and uh, well, Bear like shot like one of six each. Yep. Something like that. Nobody shot well except for Moss from three-point range. So it was good to see that, you know, they kind of stuck with the plan and they didn't, you know, let that bring the entire team down because I feel like in previous games that would have been the case. 
Right, right. So I think that's that's about it for me, unless we're going to go off the rails even further into um, your bad food takes. <clears throat> I'm leaving. I'm leaving. Maybe that. we'll save that for the off-season. I'm leaving for that. <laughs> well, is that so? You cut out for a second. I said I'm I leaving for that if that happens. Uh, uh-huh. Nope, I don't. Uh, I've I've lost okay. you guys. I've I got no idea what's going on. So I guess that's yep. a good place Wait, to end. Do you not it. hear me? I can hear you. I can't oh, I hear Harrison you anymore. You said something stupid. <clears throat> oh, oh no, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> now I hear you both, but I think that that yeah, let's just okay. end it here. Well, um, all right, like, subscribe, review. Um, Tell all your friends, uh, or, or don't. you know, don't. But like, download it onto yeah. all of their phones because that'd be great. Then they'll have mm-hmm. to listen to us. Uh, but yeah, download it on all your friends' phones. Go on your mom's iPhone. Go on your dad's iPhone. Your brother, sister, significant other, spouse, mm-hmm. children. Download it for them. Buy a phone for your child <laughs> and download this <laughs> podcast. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, lost. but. The other one's Max. Uh, the other other one's Harrison. Hey. Go on. <laughs> Go Hawks. Go Hawks. <laughs>